welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com, where we bring you insightful, liberating, intuitive people from around the globe. They share their life's journeys and experience wisdom to guide you on your own discovery of self. Each week from Tuesday to Monday, we will bring you new shows on our many genres, and with over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on selfdiscoveryradio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living with me, your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest all the way from the UK, Michelle Gordon. Uh, Earth Angel Series, what does that mean to you? What is an Earth Angel? Uh, what about fairies and mermaids and aliens and what about reincarnation and um, all sorts of other things that are going on, magical things that are going on. Is it all fiction? Or is it something that we're just unwilling to see or willing to connect to? Maybe if we open up that divine eye, those particular chakras, we will actually understand that everything is beautiful divine energy and everything manifests in a different type of vision, uh, a different type of frequency. And in opening up, we're actually able to hear those beautiful messages and guidance and see things that are outside of our rational human understanding and understand that we're not alone there's a lot of guidance out there if we're willing to open up to it well michelle has this earth angel series which provides people with hope healing inspiration positivity and a sense of belonging here in this world um how did she come about it what does it mean to her where has it taken her i know that she kind of started with one and then it grew to another and another and another because it took on a life of its own let's discover her journey and what it means to her and what it means to you welcome to the show michelle hi thank you so um it started off with one thing and escalated as life does when it's on the right track but where were you what were you doing before you discovered earth angelism <laughs> I like that earth angelism sounds good um, so yeah it was back in 2007 I just came across the concept of earth angels before that I never really understood myself I don't think I didn't understand why I felt a certain way why I didn't why I didn't really feel like I belonged here and I never really fit into you know my normal age group I didn't fit into you know just everything really around me. I didn't fit in my family, I didn't fit in the school, and I never really understood it. And then in 2007, I came across the idea of, of Earth Angels, the concept of it, and I suddenly understood who I was, what I was doing here, and what the hell was going on. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I then started recognizing that my friends and, um, and some of my family members were also Earth Angels, and I started to recognize our relationships in those terms and everything made sense really so then it was 2009 then that I decided to um, to write the Earth Angel Training Academy which was a fictional story about the Earth Angels coming to Earth so it's about the angels and fairies and mermaids and star people which is what we call the aliens mm -hmm. um, basically having training in how to be a human <laughs> before they get here because I was thinking how could you just put a star person from another galaxy on our planet and expect them to know how to be a human like how is that possible so I thought well there must have been some kind of training course or something before we got here so the Earth Angel Training Academy was born from that and 
sat down and started writing and to be honest it just it just came straight through me the you know the whole book was there within two months I was just in that world for pretty much in the solid two months I didn't really do anything else and the story just wrote itself really the characters just turned up fully formed as they were and they just told me their stories and I wrote them down and, you know, the, the concept of it, you know, we're always trying to teach human beings how to embrace their celestial being, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and embrace the angel within them. And, you know, it's as, as you know, a person that feels and knows that, you know, I started off out there, not here. Um, yeah. And, you know, how difficult it is to live on this planet. You know, yes. um, um, obviously, I made a choice to do that way back in the beginning. But, you know, you kind of look at it and think, why would anybody want to come to Earth? Uh, <laughs> you know, this is this a punishment or is this, you know, uh, you know, s- real conviction on their thing to try and come and could essentially save us human beings from ourselves? I think it's, for some Earth angels, it's a sense of duty. So for, for the angels, I think in particular, it's a sense of they just want to help people. They want to spread unconditional love and they've come here because they believe they can do that in human form more easily than in the angel form because a lot of people don't listen to the whispers anymore. They don't listen to the little voice inside their head that's saying, you know, do this, not this, because they know what's best for you. Um, So they thought, well, if we're in human form, then we can help people because they'll actually be able to see us and hear us. So they've come with that mission and that sense of duty because they're here to, you know, that's why they exist, to help us. Um, The... The fairies, the elementals, have come because we're basically destroying their world. Mm-hmm. You know, the elemental kingdom exists wherever there is nature in our world, and we are destroying it. So they've come because they don't want us to destroy any more of their world. So they've come out of a sense of, well, you know, when we're fairies, when we're in a slightly different dimension to humans, we can't do anything to stop them. But if we were human, then we could stop them. <laughs> you know, we could educate them. We could show them, you know, that it's not a good idea to keep destroying the planet. And star people have come because they can see that, you know, Earth is spiraling a little bit out of control. Um, well, the humans on Earth, not necessarily the Earth itself. Right. So they've come because if we destroyed the planet as it exists now then it would have a ripple effect on the rest of the universe and on their own home planets so they've come out of a sense of they are looking out for their own they're, they're looking out for their planets and they want to come in and help in any way they can to stop that from happening so it's the you know most of the earth angels have come although they don't feel like they belong here although they feel like they want to go home because it sucks here <laughs> um they have come out of a sense of you know they've got a mission they've come here for a reason um, the only Earth Angels that do feel like, what am I doing here? This is some kind of punishment, is the old souls. Because yeah. they have been human hundreds, maybe thousands of times. They've done it all. They've seen it all. They've been there, done that, got several T-shirts. And <laughs> they really don't want to be doing this again. I, but they've, yes, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> but they've come because their collective knowledge and wisdom is also what we need to move into this new golden age the spiritual age that we are well we can head in one of two ways we can either destroy the planet or head into the the spiritual age and you know there are a lot of people waking up now there is a huge kind of global awakening you can see it in you know in in movies and books in you know even people connecting with one another you know you see it on people connecting with people from all over the world on the internet and and becoming this more global village idea 
Um, but obviously there are still some people pretty much hell-bent on just making money because they haven't quite figured out that money doesn't actually keep you alive <laughs> necessarily. You know, you can't eat it. Um, you know, you can't breathe it. It's, you know, it's really so important that we actually start looking at things that are actually going to, you know, keep us alive and keep us thriving and prospering rather than just, you know, having the latest t gadgets or cars or whatever. Right. Yeah, the enrichment uh, of society is with you know within the heart, soul, and spirit. Um, you know, yeah. not to say we don't need money. We do because we're earthlings, and you know we do need oh, the absolutely. money. absolutely. But it's but not it's the just, emphasis. That's not the highest yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that the enrichment of the being is where the true wealth is, uh, and the mm -hmm. money is just a tool. And when we look upon it as a tool uh, to sustain us uh, and to generate and to seed. Uh, and reach out to other people, you know, then it, you actually put money where its true value is, you know, as a tool, not as something that you become enslaved to, which so many people do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a form of exchange, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an energetic, you know, exchange, it's just a piece of paper that represents, you know, a value, and that's all it is, but we, you know, we have become, like I said, we've become enslaved to it because it rules sort of everything. <laughs> and there are more than enough resources on this planet to house, feed and clothe every single person who lives on it. There is, you know, there's no, no reason whatsoever why anybody should be homeless or starving or anything. Um, but it's, you know, it's when people get out of balance and thinking they need more money than anything else. And it's not, you know... I think you're completely right about you know the world wakening up right now. We have all the shows that um, that I've done and um, people around the world. There's so many people that not only have awoken up, but they're taking their, you know, th their awakening of their gift of their tool and sharing it with the world. And we're really seeing that. But you're also right about that divide that's going on right now, which is what we're seeing. That choice, you know, uh, stick with the opulence, uh, the you know the um, the power, the um, the grotesque uh, riches, the completely out of proportion, or unite with the people to enrich the people together. And we're really seeing the world at that crossroads of choice right now, aren't we? Absolutely, because we've completely lost the sense of community, you know. I mean, it's so it's easy for streets of people to not even know their own neighbours, you know. I mean... I remember living in a in a city and I didn't even know my next door neighbor was pregnant until I saw the baby clothes on the line and I thought oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we've had so little communication with each other that we've you know, we don't even know these things about each other or, you know, who do you reach out for for help? You know, I mean, how do you know that so you know, some people literally go days or weeks or months without actually speaking to anybody or, you know, just having a conversation or some kind of human contact. And that's so much more important than how much money we can each individually accrue, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, stockpile. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to be wealthy. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, nice things. It's just the importance of things, I think, has gotten a little bit skewed. You Wait. know, is it more important for people to be, you know, happy and healthy and housed and fed? Or is it more important to have, you know, all, loads of expensive things to yourself? I don't know. It just and be in debt pretty well because that's what most people are. They put themselves in debt to get these things because they think that's what makes them important and um, happy. Yeah, it's the outward appearance mm -hmm. thing that I think we still haven't got past. You know, I mean, the person, you know, driving a second-hand 
car and, and wearing clothes that are a few years old might have no debts <laughs> yeah. and might be better off than somebody who's driving the latest car and wearing all the latest fashions who's severely in debt because they just wanted to look yeah. like they were, you know. So that's the thing. We haven't really got past the uh, the idea of appearances, which, you know, I mean, obviously in book publishing, you know, I mean, the, everybody judges the book by the cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Literally. we still have yeah. this thing about appearances you know it it is all about how somebody looks and yeah I think there's been some really good things recently where people are starting to look past the appearances and and not judge people um for what they wear or what they drive or where they live you know but actually sort of see them for who they really are and what they're actually doing in the world and you know when it comes down to it it doesn't matter how rich you are you know um if you're an ugly person uh, you know inside that mm-hmm. it's going to show out and if you you know um just because you have money yes you can afford better treatment and a better lifestyle but most likely they don't live that lifestyle um you've still got the same number of hours in the day um you know you still um, eat sleep poop like everybody else uh <laughs> you know and it's the whole thing is i think that kind of a stress of holding on to their power and their money um actually i think ages them faster um, you know, and you know, we've got the movement coming over here in North America right now with you know the political thing over in America because I'm in Canada, uh, with you know the Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump, you know, running for presidency. And uh, you know, Donald Trump has shown the ugly side of humanity, um, which has got everybody in the world scared because nobody wants to go down that path. Um, you know, Hillary, the old establishment, which means we can go with the same old, same old, but that's what we're complaining about all the time. And then you've got Bernie Sanders, the oldest of them all, 74, more energy than the two of them put together, who stands for that global community, that unity, and saying, you know, it's time to balance, you know, equilibrize the world here. Uh, and make sure that everybody has a chance at this, and we're only way going to do that is by coming together. And I think that is really a message that isn't just resonating in America, it's resonating around the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think the other sort of side of the, the money and wealth and unity and all the rest of it is getting out of this scarcity consciousness that has been prevailing for a long time. You know, so even if you have lots of money, you can still live in scarcity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, fear of losing it or, yes. you know, and it's it's getting out of that consciousness and into an abundance consciousness just in knowing that there is an abundance of everything that we need. You know, it's and I think that's the thing is it's, there's no good living in poverty because you don't want to be sort of rich and greedy or whatever. But there's no good, you know, it's not worth accumulating money just for the sake of accumulating money. Um, but yeah, having this kind of global collective you know village community you know it's just bringing everybody together and seeing each other as one you know I mean they say about you know everybody is you you know you are everybody we are all one and I think that's quite an abstract sort of concept for a lot of people because they do see everybody as being separate to themselves they don't see themselves as being like somebody else it's like what that means I'm the same as Donald Trump (laughs) 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 oh my goodness and it's just that every person is reflecting all different parts of humanity all the different emotions all the different traits all the different you know all the negative the positive all of it we are all just aspects of all those different things and yes we are all like you said he's bringing out you know the uglier parts of humanity 
and people are afraid of that but it's because they're afraid of looking at it inside themselves yes. as well yeah you know we've all done things and said things and thought things that and the sort of darker side and thought oh you know I don't... but there's no point hiding it he's actually bringing a lot of things to light that have been hiding for a long time and we're starting to see that you know in ourselves and in each other so it all I think it's all for a good purpose that it's all coming out in that way. Yes, and, and we have to own it, don't we? And I think that's kind of yeah. part of what the, you know, Earth Angels are about, is, is showing us... Um, that was weird, folks. We had a little Skype thing going down there, and then, but yet we're still on the air, which is so very weird. So obviously the Earth Angels are working for us today because they <laughs> want us to get this message out. And, and it, quite essentially, that is the job of Earth Angels, isn't it? Is that when we look at our, our structure of humanity... Um, each one of us is a cell and there's trillions of cell in in this whole body of earth and and universe um, but if one of those cells starts breaking down then it starts contaminating and breaking down the cells around it so it's really really important that we make sure that our cell is juicy plump and abundant because that's what contributes to the wellness the healthiness and and the abundance of the wholeness so it isn't abstaining and becoming you know, merging with one and then never having to think because the collective thinks for you and not thinking of the Borg. You know, we're thinking about being full and abundant and uh, coming to the table with our own plate of uh, for the feast. Yeah, it's funny. We've been talking a lot recently about how each person thinks, oh, well, I'm, I'm just one person. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to make any difference. You know, anything that I do or say or any actions I take, they're not going to make any difference to the whole. You know, if if I don't go to this event, well, it's fine. Everybody else will. Or if, you know, whatever if it I is. I don't vote, if somebody else will vote for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it basically, yeah. It's just that nobody thinks that they are, like, in, like not important enough or yeah. just not, Empowered you know, enough. powerful enough. They're mm. not powerful enough to actually make a difference. And yet... It is every single little bit. I mean, you're saying about bringing the plate to the the, the feast. Um, I was talking to my partner, and he was like, "There's a, a story, and I can't remember what country it was. The story came from, but he said there, all these people were invited to create a, a, a stew together, to create like a soup, and each one was asked to bring an ingredient, and it was just a small ingredient, like one thing, and they bought it. You know, each one was supposed to bring it and put it into the soup to make you know a meal for all of them to share." But each one thought, oh, well, it doesn't really matter if I don't bring the carrot because, you know, there'll be loads of other ingredients. And then somebody's like, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't bring the potato or whatever. And so each one of them thought, oh, well, it won't matter. Everybody else will bring it until they all turned up and none of them had any ingredients. And they just had a big saucepan of water. <laughs> <laughs> Good lesson. And they had nothing to eat. Uh -huh. So it's like, it's actually understanding that everything that you do and say and your actions and, you know, whether it's something that you're doing online or you're commenting on something or mm -hmm. every little action makes a huge difference. And it's about understanding that and seeing that and thinking, so for the Earth Angels, you know, they know they've come here with a very strong mission that's global, you know, they've come to make a difference and they, that can be really overwhelming because they think, oh my goodness, I can't make a big enough difference. But actually, every little action they take all the little things they do, the little acts of kindness, that whatever it is, it all has this massive effect, you know, because it'll just gain momentum and have loads of ripple effects. So Rico ricochet out, you know, like yes. a, yeah. you know, like the sound waves do, and you know, exactly. ripple of water does the domino effect. Uh, yeah. You know, never ever underestimate the impact you can have, both good and bad, right? 
Absolutely, absolutely. It's, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, writing, you know, the Earth Angel Training Academy, writing the first book, you know, I wrote it because the story was coming through. I was really loving it. I'd always wanted to write for as long as I can remember. That's been my, you know, my life's mission, I suppose. And I had no idea what impact it would have on other people. You know, I just was writing it because the story was coming and I wanted to share it. And the people who have written to me and told me what it's actually meant to them, I'm just blown away because I never imagined that it would have that much of an effect. But that's the reason why you had to write it. You know, and and yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's it's the same as people listening to the show or reading your book until they're ready to get the message from it. Yeah. All it is is just voices or words. Um, yeah. When it hits them, and it might be just one tiny speck, you know, oh, I never thought of it that way, and that mm-hmm. propels them down a different direction altogether. Uh, in a little light bulb moment so it's not always this great big huge crescendo it's those little things that shift our perspective and puts us on a different path that really has the most impact isn't it absolutely i mean you just never know that you might just be walking down the street and you just smile at a complete stranger and they might not you know do something silly because you smiled at them or you might have just brightened up their entire week because nobody's actually acknowledged them or you just you have no idea what effect you're having on each individual person around you and then you know what effect then they will have on somebody else and it just keeps snowballing outwards and but like you said people have to be ready to hear the message I mean there's been so many times where people have said to me oh I haven't read your books yet I need to read them I said no you'll read them when you need to you know when when it's the right moment you'll pick it up and then it will make sense to you I mean I've I've had books on my bookshelf for years and not read them and then one day I've just picked them up started reading and thought well I wouldn't have got it before. Yes. It wouldn't have made any sense to me. I mean, you know, my books are fiction, you know, written in fictional ways, so obviously you can enjoy the story, but there might be something in there that just won't click until a certain point, you know, when it's ready to happen. So For a while there in my life, I kind of lost the connection to my soul. I was just completely robotic in my life, and that was partly because I was in a very... Um, tumultuous marriage and my way of getting through it was to kind of switch off my soul and my spirit because it hurt too much and uh, in recovery of my soul and my spirit um, I was hungry for books but they were all metaphysical books all books like your own you know uh, fictional storytelling but the reality I saw of my soul and my spirit in that is what brought me back and I think sometimes there's a lot of great self-help books out there, you know, and, you know, manuals and how-tos and a lot of books where people share their story and, and you learn a great deal from it. But I think there's something about going off into this metaphysical fantasy world that allows you to detach from human reasoning and then mm-hmm. open up that soul and that spirit and that heart to those other energies and receive information that you need to know. Um, and that, I think that's the beauty of those kind of books. Yeah, I think that was the, one of the other pulls towards re- writing that kind of book as well for me was that there weren't enough stories about metaphysical things. I mean, there's a lot of fantasy, you know, paranormal sort of, you know, you've got vampires and witches yeah. and all that kind of thing. And I loved that, those kinds of books as a teenager. And But it, I always wanted books that could actually be true. <laughs> yes. You know, it's more sort of fantastical, but there was a there was this grain of possibility in it. And that's why I loved um, 
you know, exploring all these different concepts. And I mean, there's so many more sort of story ideas that keep coming to me every day. And I'm like, I just want to sit and write them all. But, mm-hmm. And I will at some point, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm taking it sort of one book at a time at the moment. But, um, but yeah, being able to, like I said, disappear into these stories with characters that, you know, a lot of people really resonate with a lot of the characters. And I think one of the, the sort of funniest parts of the journey of the last five years since publishing the first book, because it's the five-year anniversary of the first one this year, was that I actually started meeting the characters in real life. Mm-hmm. So they were people who had the same name, the same characteristics, wow. the same appearance, the same, well, so many similarities that it was actually a little bit spooky. Yes. <laughs> and you just think, how is this actually possible? I mean, there's a there's a mermaid in the book called Shelley. She's a first year trainee and she's a, she's a fairly minor character. She features in one of the later books. And I'd I think it was only a few months after either writing or publishing the book. I'm trying to remember the sequence of events now. I think it was just after I published the book and I picked up a ma- like a fairy magazine. And there was this article about mermaids and there was this lady called Mermaid Shelley in California (laughs) and she made mermaid tails (laughs) and swam in them and I'm just looking at this article thinking who came (laughs) you were you were tuned in you're all that's the thing about tapping into that cosmic energy isn't it that you were you were picking them up vibrationally and their story was coming through those those wavelengths yeah, it's, I mean, some of them have been quite mad. I mean, I've met, you know, I've met some of the star people from the book. I've met, um, oh, and, okay. you know. Describe the star people. Okay, so the the star people, um, so in the book I've got like three races of star people, which I thought I made up. Well, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so star people in their human form, um, is that what you mean? Or where they've come from? Uh, well, both. You know, where have they okay. come from and how, you know, what kind of human form have they taken? Because, of course, if you look at men in black, you know, they're anything from Dennis Rodman to, you know, the pug. <laughs> the funniest thing I found about men in black was the, the second men in black. I remember watching it and it was not long after I'd come across the whole idea of Earth Angels. And... You know, they have the beginning part where he goes back to get, um, oh, I can't think of it. It's Tommy Lee Jones, isn't it? The yes. main character. So Will Smith goes to get Tommy Lee Jones, who has wiped his memory and he can't remember anything about aliens. And he's like, and he's working in the post office. And Will Smith's like, do you realize why you feel so comfortable here? It's because everybody who works in the post office is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things about star people in their human form is that they tend to take on very behind the scenes roles and jobs in sort of, you know, government offices and things that just keep things ticking along and quite a lot of them work in the post office. So I found that hilarious because it, well, there was actually a bit of truth in right, it. Right, right. Um, so the star people have come from stars and planets, different galaxies, um, and they, they have all different forms on their own planets. So, you know, most of the time their communication can be telepathic. They have very, very advanced communication and... Um, technology on their planets so when they come to earth they are not only sometimes experiencing you know human bodies for the first time things like gravity and you know matter in the way that we experience it limitations they're experiencing verbal communication for the first time right um and relationships families societies and so a lot of star people who are in their human form now do find it difficult to relate to other people you know they they can seem a bit cold or a bit 
you know, not very sort of empathetic or emotional even. Um, I mean, I've I've met a lot of star people over the years, and sometimes, you know, you can say something loads of different ways, and it still doesn't compute. But if you use the right kind of language, then mm-hmm. they completely understand where you're coming from. So you you do have to find a way of communicating with star people that they get. And one of the funniest um, examples of this was a friend of mine whose um, whose husband, I'm pretty sure, is a star person, and she would. You know, she'd say, oh, you know, we're going to go to a birthday party. And you'd be like, oh, no, I don't want to go to a birthday party. You know, because star people don't tend to like groups. They don't like crowds of people. They prefer, you know, smaller numbers and their own company. And she was watching The Big Bang Theory at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that yep, show. Yes, 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 yes. And show. Sheldon is kind of a, a yeah. classic star person. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't really pick up on facial expressions and and body language and things like that and he has to really work at figuring out what people mean and and when people talk to him he doesn't understand what they're talking about so my friend started taking lines from the show (laughs) (laughs) of how they were communicating with Sheldon and using them on her husband and he was getting it so instead of saying we're going to a birthday party she'd say um yeah it's a non-optional social convention and you're going and he'd be like oh okay then (laughs) <laughs> and she's thinking well, hang on a minute so it is almost like learning a different language sometimes yes. you know, it depends on how kind of extreme it is um but yeah it's quite interesting but what's their job still... here is it just to 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 watch to analyze to you know compute back or it's more just to be as helpful as possible in whatever way possible usually behind the scenes because they're not much one for the limelight right and it's basically to steer us kind of towards you know a waking up and realizing that we can't keep going the way we're going you know if we if like i said if we destroy this planet then it'll affect their planets and that's kind of what they're they're most interested in is is you know saving their own planets but also one of the biggest changes and things that they have done on this planet is our technology mm. you know when you consider how advanced oh. the technology has become in the last say 50 odd years yes it's because star people have started coming to Earth in that time. And, they and, and let's face it, most of them uh, were geeks. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you, a geek used to be somebody that was totally in the background. And now, you know, you look at, you know, a geek is, you know, some of the richest people in the world, some of the biggest forefront people, um, you know, completely changed the world of geekism. And because of that, kind of given them permission to become and explore and I think this is the reason why we do have so much more technology now oh yeah I mean basically the, the star people have brought it with them and yeah the reason why they've brought advanced technology with them is is to actually enable the human race to concentrate more on spiritual things on connection on you know I mean some people see technology as a way of, of dividing us and separating us and keeping us in our homes so we don't actually go out and communicate with people and that I really don't think that was the reason why they bought the technology. It was to basically to lighten the load on the work that we had to do so that we could focus on the things that were more important, so that we could actually focus on saving the planet and, you know, going on a damn different path. So And, it's and really connection, different. because, I mean, look, you're, yes. in, you're in the UK, I'm here in Canada. You know, through exactly. Skype and through various other mediums today, we can talk to people and interview people and connect with people around the world, making it a very much smaller place and actually yeah. showing the rest of the world that we may go and do things differently, but fundamentally we're all looking for the same thing. Yeah. 
and that's the thing it's how you use the technology yeah you know so you're using the technology to connect with people all over the world for you know raising the consciousness and the vibration then how amazing is that you know we didn't have that option 50 years ago <laughs> no you know it wasn't a possibility so that's you know that's one of the main reasons why the star people are here is to you know is to be helpful to be in the the background to do all those things but they are the most generous and kind and loving people it's just that they do it in a different way to what you know the angels or the fairies or humans would do okay well karen i'm going to ask you then because i've never kind of put a label on me of, of what i am but i know that you know i um i came right from the beginning and go back to before atlantis you know the, the chrome head the everything and i've through my many many lifetimes the thread that's always been there is that soul and heart and spirit connector you know awakener um, showing people their possibilities and uh, uh, giving them that that divine light to pursue what they're here for and it's been a pattern that I've always done but I, I don't know what I am I just know that I come from somewhere else and this <laughs> has always been my job so would you put me as one of those um, you know alien creatures or, or what would you what would I be? Well, I, think I think essentially you know at some point we were all sort of alien creatures right yes um but with the with you mentioning Atlantis, um, many of the Atlanteans were a mixture of angels, star people, and old souls. So the mixture basically means, obviously, at some point you've come from another planet. At some point you've been in the angelic realm. Yes. So you know what it's like to be a guide. You know, to be a guide basically to the humans. And then the old soul part comes from having had then several human lives. Um, throughout different civilizations, different ages, sometimes on different planets as well, because you know there are other planets that are like Earth that yeah. have the same sort of thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Atlanteans are a mix of those three. So, yeah, if you were in Atlantis, chances are you are, you know, a mixture of the th those three things: the Star People, the Angels, and, and the Old Souls. A book you have to read is um, uh, the Atlanteans by Paula Bates, and uh, she was a conduit to write this about Atlantis and what happened to it. And um, and it's kind of written around the characters and a love story, etc. But it's I so resonated with it when I read it. You know, kind of really became that light bulb moment for me. Um, and uh, you know, this is again back into a book that some people would look at as fantasy, but I see so much reality there. You know, like a memory coming back. Um, and it's interesting you say that not just being of one planet. I mean, you would think after how many lifetimes I've had here that you know I would be at home. But I'm not, and it's only it's only really in the last three or four you know four years since you know the the shift happened, the dimensional shift happened, that I'm even seen or heard. Up until then, I was just really a freak of nature. Um, that shift that happened, you know, uh, to raising us up to that fifth dimension, um, awakening up our senses, you know, igniting that consciousness was something that was so desperately needed with humans uh, I think in order to save this planet and the universe because we were going so m and we still are going on a road of destruction but that conscious awareness of what we're doing now and trying to change is, is in place but up until about four years ago it was hell-bent yeah I mean that's what we're seeing you know with social media you know we don't yeah. really have to rely on the news anymore because I mean we know that that's not real <laughs> yeah. um, you that know we get uh, yeah well exactly yeah it's like that's the fiction mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but you know we are so connected to one another now that you know I mean obviously there's still loads of fictional things going through Facebook you know they'll put a picture and they put a totally different story next to it and you have to do a little bit of digging sometimes to go is that picture actually with that story and yeah. you know it doesn't always match 
but it's so much easier for news to yeah travel i mean yeah i remember before when we were reliant on just the main sources of news things could be so easily twisted um to however they wanted us to see it so yeah we we are going through this massive shift and yeah like i said i, I think we're still at that point where we could go one of a few ways yes <laughs> you know we're, we're still not past the point where we're like yeah we're on the we're on the home straight now we can you know we're headed in the right direction because there are still some who are still very attached to the 3d way of life yeah you know they're still attached to the material possessions to um to the more human side of things the more human pleasures or they just think that genuinely all there is to life is going to work you know coming home having your dinner going to bed watching tv what you know yeah. or going out drinking on the weekends and and that's it you know and that that's all there is to life there that's the only reason we're here and if you if they even start thinking about it for more than sort of like few minutes this you know they've got to start realizing well actually is this all i want to be here for you know is there actually more to more that i could be doing more that i want to experience because well you yeah, know the, so, the, the series downton abbey which has just finished but did you watch it i didn't no i don't i haven't had a tv for about 10 years okay well you know you can always you know get it watch it on the computer and the, the beauty i love about those stories not only was it very well written and done but it capsulates the shift of time. You know, mm -hmm. it takes us from the Titanic, so 1912, and it took us up to, I think, uh, 1925 or 26. Um, right. And in and also there was another writer, The Horseman Riding By, by R. F. Dale DeField, um, who wrote this way back, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And he took it from the Boer War up to the 60s of this uh, squire and his valley. And we look at how much change happened because of wars um, and because of the need of more expertise um, and how it opened up where people only had jobs in service or farming you know how it opened up to them actually being able to take jobs as secretaries or explore more options and um, we look at how much happened in that last century mm -hmm. and then any other century before the amount of growth and then you look we're only in 2016 look at how much we've achieved in this time period, it's like yep. there's so much of us that has expanded and grown, yet there is still that human intellect that is refusing to kind of embrace the growth. Yeah, the thing is as well is that we have come here as spiritual being, you know, as all, all different entities from different dimensions. We have come here to experience the human, you know, realm. We have come here to be you know, doing human things and experiencing human, you know, concepts. But at the same time, it's it's almost, it's finding that sort of line between the human and the spiritual. You know, it's it's like when people say about getting rid of their ego, it's like, well, we don't want to get rid of it <laughs> because then that's denying something. It's, you know, it's saying it's bad or, you know, I mean, there is no good or bad. It's just your perception of what's going on. So it's about finding that way of, of dancing between the two so we can have these human experiences, which are amazing. But at the same time, you know, we're balancing it with the spiritual. And I think sometimes some people go way in one direction where they're completely spiritual and they give up the ego, they give up, you know, all the human stuff. But then they might as well be back on the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we've come here to experience that. So, you it's know, the and balance, then you get, isn't it? It's all it about the balance. The balance. Between the two. 
you know, it's not saying that one thing's really good and one thing's really bad, or, you know, it's it's about finding that kind of balance between things, because there are things that I absolutely adore that are completely, you know, human, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there are things that, you know, I get excited about or that I want to experience or see or, you know, um, so it's not about sort of getting rid of that or stopping ourselves from experiencing those things, but it's about, it is about finding that balance and not getting drawn into, you know, all the sort of human details that can stop us then from looking on a, you know, at the bigger picture. It's marrying that, that human and consciousness together, isn't it? Because your consciousness will keep you in the balance uh, and allow your human side of you to have a better experience. But if yes, you allow the hil- human side of you to be more on the consumption side of things and you're not listening to the consciousness, then that you know, inequality is going to happen. Definitely. And I think, again, going back to the, the scarcity um, consciousness as well, I think when, when people feel like they're in that scarcity consciousness, they try to fill the feeling of lack with, you know, with things or with, you know, spending money or with, you know, it's like feeling not whole. It's feeling like you don't belong. It's, you know, so if you can get into the spiritual side and, you know, find out who you are, where you've come from, what you're doing here, find people that you can connect with so you feel like you belong. And then you feel that sort of, you know, you can fill that feeling of lack with, you know, beautiful views or, you know what I mean? It's like experiences and, you know, rather than trying to fill the sort of gap, actually find a way of becoming whole without, you know, the material side of it. Because no matter how much we go shopping or anything, how much we eat, or we're never going to fill that gap because that's not what it needs. Right. And, you know, there's so many, um, I'm going to call them earth angels that I, that, you know, that I know and that um, have been out here for a long time doing their work. And they keep saying, you know, I just wish I could find my community, you know, uh, where we could replenish one another so that we can continue this work. Because for a long time, a lot of these, you know, Earth Angels have been working on their own, really, haven't they? And so there is a hunger right now with maybe feeling a bit drained or feeling alone and just wanting to be able to be a part of that collective where you know can replenish and support and nurture one another and uh, rather maybe even unite so we can get out there and do more work you know as a unity rather than as an individual yeah it's funny this keeps coming up quite a lot recently where it seems it feels like you know everybody is trying to individually you know do their thing and become completely independent and you know but like you said it's about building that collective that tribe and I kind of likened it to everybody sitting in a row with a pile of bricks in front of them trying to build their very own Taj Mahal all by themselves. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, years later, we have a pile of bricks still. Yes. You know, if we put all of our bricks together and all work together, then yes, it would still take years, but it would actually shape into something beautiful. It's and the, we wouldn't, yeah. It's the same thing as as going back to the food analogy. You know, if you, exactly, yes. you know, if you're just the meat and potatoes, but somebody starts bringing the other vegetables in and different spices and different sauces and different condiments and the wine along with it, all of a sudden, you know, your your entire palate expands, and mm-hmm. you realise there's so much more. And and really, there there is no limit, is there? You know, when you start opening up those senses, there is no limit to what you can ex- you can explore and you can uh, discover. Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's creating that collective that are all, you know, we are all working towards the same thing, yeah. you know, although we may have our own, like you said, our own spices, our own blends, our own ways of doing things, you know, we're all trying to do the same thing, and I think that's the thing with the Earth Angels is that 
that's why it's really important for them to find other earth angels who are on the same path, who are doing the same thing, you know, who want to, I mean, you know, I had a conversation yesterday and I said something and he was like, I said the exact same thing the other day. <laughs> that's what we need to do. And, you know, we're all coming up with the same ideas. Yeah, with, you've with, said many with, things that, that I, that I, that I speak to all the time here, you know, and I, that's, that's when you know that you're in sync with someone. Exactly. And there are so many of us in sync and you think, well, if we actually came together, our collective energy and resources and skills would create this massive change. And it is the same thing. It's the every little drop, you know, creates the ocean. Yeah. You know, you can't have an ocean without all the individual drops. (laughs) And, you know, when you you talked about that, you know, somebody's saying I'm only one person and what can I do? And it's like, well, in embracing all the beauty of your divine self and your meaningful purpose in this life by making your cup so full that it runneth over you have now contributed that beautiful divine energy that into the collective so you are serving humanity by being abundant with your with your exuberance with your energy with what you're resonating and so it really is important that each one of us look at us as that we are part of the thread of this blanket of life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's so many different metaphors with tapestries, creating mm. the big picture, yeah. you know, all being sort of, yeah, a jigsaw puzzle piece, you yes. know. Um, I think I put that in a blog post the other day. I said, you know, you know how annoying it is when there's a jigsaw puzzle piece missing. Yes. <laughs> and it might be just one little piece, but it is so annoying because yes. you can't see the bigger picture. You can't, you know, you can't appreciate the whole thing. So each individual is so, so important. But it's about understa- like understanding that and seeing that without getting too overwhelmed by it. And there's a, a character in the first book called Aria who's a fairy and she's very tiny and she's so afraid of coming to earth and not making a difference because she's too small mm-hmm. <laughs> because who would take any notice she'd probably get trampled on or something you know right and her friend you know who's an angel she's just like no you know even a even a small candle can lighten up a room you know it's you don't need every respect single, yeah yeah every single little you know bit of light contributes you know there, there's none that sort of goes to waste there's none that will get you know overlooked I want to go back to your puzzle um, uh, analogy there is that an awful lot of the times people won't start on the puzzle because they Mm -hmm. don't see the picture. And sometimes it's just take the pieces in front of you and try and put them together. The picture will form. And that's really the metaphor of our journey of life, isn't it? Stop Mm -hmm. looking to what your picture you think it's going to be. Start piecing your life together as it is and take that journey. And the picture of what you are meant to be and what you were designed to be will come into play. Definitely. I mean, again, this is another subject that came up recently where I realized that I like to be able to see the bigger picture. And I have to admit, you know, I've had loads of readings with mediums and psychics and people that are really accurate and I totally trust them. And, you know, they help me to like see more of the picture. But sometimes it almost then can paralyze you because you see this bigger picture and you go, oh my God, that's really scary. I'm not sure I want it. And it can almost stop you in your path. So if I was just putting one piece in at a time and, you know, creating the pictures I went along, it wouldn't be so overwhelming. It wouldn't be. So sometimes I think actually knowing too much about what's to come can actually not be such a great thing. And Yes, okay. It, it paralyzes you sometimes. Out. You know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm a reader. I know, but, you know, and I can read people's path mm-hmm. and I can show them their possibilities. But you know, their bigger picture is up to them to paint. But if you do have that, then it's like, well, how am I going to get there? If I take this path, if I do this, if I do that, and you start yeah. intellectualizing and rationalizing, and you start missing those divine <laughs> signs, exactly. 
And whereas if you just live in your moment and now and the gift of the present, you're actually understanding the tools that are in front of you right now. And you start building there. And and you can have a desire and a feeling of accomplishment you want. I've just written a piece on a, a, a dream dreamt, which is always about having a village of um, you know a kind of a training ground of holisticness of healers of business conscious business builders um, where people can come to to get their training and then go out and do it in the world and it's it feels like it actually could actually even the seedings of this are now really beginning to show the sprouts I didn't know how I didn't know where it was just a desire of what I wanted and through working through my life even kind of forgetting about that it's beginning to manifest on its own because now I'm reaching that part of my journey in life. So to have something you desire that you want to work towards in some form uh, and then let life just take you along the way is yep. so much better than, oh, you must have your five-year goal step by step. <laughs> you know? I, I'm so, uh, I've never really planned anything in advance. Yeah. And part of it's come from a feeling of, you know, life's short, do you, what you want to do now. So I've never really like planned. And I, I don't know, part of it comes from past lives or whatever, but I've always been sort of a more like, let's do stuff now. And then, you know, that, you know, so trying to plan stuff in advance, I'm terrible. Like, you know, somebody goes, oh, what are you doing in two weeks? It's like, I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I like to kind of go moment to moment, but at the same time, and this is why it's quite a sort of contradiction, really. I I don't plan in advance, but then I like to know what's going to happen because I'm kind of nosy like that, I suppose. And my favorite is when I have a reading and they tell me what's going to happen. Then I go, oh, that's lovely. And then I forget all about it. And then when it happens, I go, oh, somebody told me that was going yes. to happen. Yeah. But I haven't been shaping my life to fit. And I think sometimes I've had readings and then I've gotten too fixated on that and thought, well, this is how it's going to look. This is what's going to happen. And then you end up missing out on the synchronicities. You end up missing out on the spontaneous, spontaneous stuff. Um, And and people also don't realize that, you know, all a reader is doing is showing you a possibility. You've still got to get off your butt and do it, right? (laughs) I mean, I've had had people come back to me, but you told me such a set. Did you do this? Did you do that? No. I kind of basically sat there waiting. Well, I'm sorry it doesn't work that way. (laughs) You know, if you take these actions, this is your result. But if you don't take any action, there isn't going to be any result. (laughs) <laughs> and it's also it's also like you know one of the most likely possibilities but we still have free will so like yes. you said if they decide to do nothing nothing will happen if they decide to do something else it'll change you yes. know it's about and really you know i mean i see readings you know i've had so many readings and i've, I've you know they've basically brought that comfort that you know things are going to turn out well i suppose that's what people want to know or oh, you're it? on you the know, right path you know am you, i on the right yeah, path yeah. going to turn out well am i doing the right thing or you know and Pitfalls and yeah, sometimes I've, yeah, sometimes I've had readings and I've been like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I almost didn't want to know that. But then I was the one that asked, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's our choice whether we want to know these things or not. And yeah, so I think it's, like I said, it's about taking things, at a, you know, one bit at a time, one piece at a time, p- putting it all together, connecting with people, noticing the synchronicities, but also not trying to read too much into things. I mean, sometimes, you know, I went through a phase where every single thing was a sign you know yes. everything was a synchronicity everything and it was it was getting a bit silly to a point because I was thinking well not everything can be a sign so now it's just you know when things come up I'm just like oh goodness that's that's funny you know like I had a conversation with two different people in two different parts of the states who didn't know each other and they both mentioned the exact same thing that I'd never heard of before um it was to do with star people actually right and I was thinking 
well, do you two know each other? Because I've never heard of this before, and yet you're both talking about the same thing. Am I, am I supposed to look at this, you know? So things like that, I get my attention more because I'm not looking at everything as being a sign. Um, uh, but that's that's an affirmation, affirmation I think of of that um, of riding those wavelengths of being in sync with with the wavelength that's out there, and I yeah. think that's just to verify that you're on the right track. There's other people in that energy, um, and uh, you know that what you do say, although you truly do believe it, there's other people out there that you know come to their own conclusion and understanding, and so I think it's like a validation in many ways. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, there's been so many things that have come up and I'm just like, oh, okay, that's, you know, that that's falling into place. So that must be, you know, the way that's supposed to go or, you know, you, and also it's also been a way of, well, if two people are talking about the same thing and they don't know each other, I'll connect them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because clearly they need to be talking about this, you know, so it's, it is very much creating, you know, we're creating just this massive web of people. I mean, guaranteed if I meet somebody randomly when I'm out somewhere and I friend them on Facebook we will have at least one and sometimes up to 10 or 15 mutual friends on Facebook yeah yeah it's just every single time and I'm just I'm always amazed <laughs> I don't know why I'm still always amazed but and I just think well how do they know all these people and when I look at the mutual friends I'm thinking well I know all these people from all different places from all different reasons none of them are actually related in my life you know, they just know me kind of thing. So how does this person know all of these people as well? <laughs> so And it's just yeah. because everybody's on that same vibration. Yeah. We're all yeah, we're all clicking and connecting and that's yeah. why we're coming into each other's lives. Resonating with each other. Exactly. So yeah. And that and that strengthens each other because it really comes in that you don't feel alone. You know there's somebody else uh, out there doing that and if you need to you can reach out to them and say, I've got a question or what do you think of this? Yeah. So let's talk about that. And I think that's something that we need to do more, isn't it? It's let's have a conversation because there's a reason why those people are there. They're not just there to advocate or what you know, validate that you know, they're there to interact with. Absolutely. And I mean, one of the um, the concepts that I came across a few years ago was the idea that each soul um, is fragmented into different bodies. So essentially, there are like maybe 10, 20 or more people out there who have the same soul as you. Mm -hmm. And I've actually met a few people who they are me. <laughs> right. We are like identical, you know, sometimes in, in actual appearance as well. Not always, but just like, you know, ideals and upbringings and, you know, and sometimes I've actually said to them, I need to make this decision. What would you do? <laughs> because I'm actually like asking myself, but I would listen to them sometimes more than I would listen to myself. So it's like you almost sort of, yeah, like I was saying about us all being one, you know, we are all the same. And I think when you start to meet people who are exactly like you, that becomes less of an abstract concept and more of a reality. And you think, well, actually, that person is basically me. It's very comforting. So, yeah, well, it's it like I said, it makes you feel like you're not alone here. You're not the only one, you know, I mean, sometimes when I've written things and I put it out there and people have emailed me back saying that's exactly how I mm. feel right now. Exactly what I'm going through, and I'm like, I'm not the only one. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not like in this space all by myself. There are so many people out there who are feeling the exact same thing at the exact same time. I mean, one person that I connected with who was very similar to me, we were having the same pain in our side at the same time. We were like, well, what's that about? Right. Now, obviously, <laughs> a reason. I mean, there's always a reason. Yeah. Nothing ever happens for no reason. So it's understanding is it an earthly or, you know, sort of a, a cosmic reason? And um, and it's kind of uh, maybe it was just purely to connect you. Who knows? 
You know, we Sorry. never know those simple things and it's just to kind of deal with it in the now and where can it go. Let's uh, briefly talk about your, your featured courses. You have a Twin Flame uh, relationship course, uh, of course, the Earth Angel Training Academy and also mm -hmm. the Emotions One-on-One. -on -one. So just give us a little on each of those. So, yeah, the Earth Angel Training Academy courses are based on the classes the characters take in the first book. So they take all different classes to learn how to become human. So online, I've created these classes for Earth Angels. So they're kind of like refresher courses mm -hmm. <laughs> of what they would have learned at the Academy. Um, so we've got Remembering 101. Then it's Communication 101, from Emotions 101, Awakening 101. Um, and then it goes into Manifestation, sorry, no, Death first. <laughs> death 101, Manifestation of Free Will. Right. So each topic goes into detail on either there's like exercises they can do it's the theory behind it it's also which chakra they're related to so each class is related to a different chakra in the body mm -hmm. so it's about healing it's about re i mean for example remembering 101 goes through the different types of earth angel so really that one's to help people to remember where they've come from what they're doing here what that means and by learning about the other the other types of earth angel you it'll help in your relationships with the other types as well right because i've always found that i actually have trouble getting on with star people sometimes <laughs> which was a pattern that i noticed once i discovered the idea of earth angels and when i know somebody's a, a star person like i said before i would find a different way of communicating with them than i would with somebody else and I'll make more of an effort to communicate with them because I know that I sometimes have trouble with that. Right. So remembering where we're from and why we're here can really help. And that and remembering 101 is the first class in the academy because obviously it's the foundation for the rest of them. Because once you know that, then you can learn about your communication styles. You can learn about how each type of earth angel deals with emotions. Um, and then obviously awakening is about awakening to your true purpose. What are you doing here? <laughs> what is your mission? Mm -hmm. um, and death is really well it was one of my favorite ones um purely because it's about debunking all the myths and and the, the sort of bad things associated with death because earth angels kind of know on a, on a certain level that actually death just means that they get to go home but there's so many sort of fears and and beliefs around death that kind of need addressing and looking at and releasing I suppose I know um, so I know so many um, you know earth angels that have you know kind of said to the universe okay I'm tired now you know I've yeah. been here a long time let me go home and they go no I'm negotiating a new contract with you <laughs> we want you to stay here longer and like, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, funnily enough that's where the whole twin flame idea comes in in fact because um, the reunion of the flames was one of the themes throughout the first book and throughout the whole series it's I mean especially in the later books which are all about the twin flames um, and the idea be it was funny actually it came through to me in a, in an interview I was doing with somebody and I said the reason why twin flames are reuniting right now is because when you're with your twin flame you feel like you've come home mm. So the reason they're reuniting on Earth is so that Earth angels feel like they're at home here. <laughs> and they don't hunger for home so much. They can get exactly. on with their work. Right. Exactly. Yes, well, so I have met my twin flame yet, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, the twin flames are coming together. The only problem with that is that if you then find that your mission and your twin flames mission aren't compatible in terms of, like, you need to be in different locations to do things or you need to be in, you know, doing different stuff and not being in a relationship if you then are not in the relationship with the twin flame you feel like you're homeless again yeah <laughs> and you don't belong again and so it can be quite tricky and it's about 
you know, really get into a place, you know, with you of feeling, you know, whole and complete and like you belong here without your twin flame as well as, you know, as with them. And can, um, and can a twin flame only be something you connect on one aspect and not the whole? You know, people talk about soul relationships. Well, you know, your soulmate isn't a be-all and end-all. You can have many soulmates and you may only connect on one level. And that's where you, you know, truly are solely connected, but you don't connect on those other levels. Um, I think with the... I mean, yeah, we have lots of different soulmates. And like I said, we, we come together for different reasons. But with the twin flame... You connect on on every level with a with a twin flame. Um, you know, it's emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. It's just, it is like you've just come home. You, right. when you're in that space with them, you don't feel the need to be anywhere else, to do anything else, to, you know, it's just. And also, in some ways, that is not such a great thing because if you do have a very strong mission and you just want to be in that space with your twin flame and not bother, <laughs> then obviously that's not such a good thing either. Um, but that's why twin flames need to get to that space of you know being completely transparent in their communication with each other being con connected to one another knowing that that connection will always be there no matter what but allowing each other to fulfill your missions right because with a twin flame relationship you really can't have compromise in the relationship you know because you are here for very big purposes so if there's a compromise then one of you is going to feel well one's going to feel guilty that they're stopping the other and the other one's going to feel resentful that they're being stopped right so so it ideally know, it's to find a twin frame flame relationship where somebody is on a similar path to you and then maybe you you can even collaborate together absolutely and even if you're not quite on the right on the same path at the moment there's no reason why you won't be at some point right i think you know, with twin flames, I think of it like the um, the infinity symbol. Mm -hmm. So you cross in the middle, and then you go off in separate directions and do your own thing, and then you come back and cross in the middle. Right. So you're constantly crossing paths with each other, and, and each time you're evolving and growing, and your relationship is growing. And, and some twin flames are able to do that while staying in the same space as each other. Other twin flames need a little bit of space from each other to be able to evolve and grow. And that's what the Twin Flame class that's available on the Online Academy is about. It's about the three things that a Twin Flame relationship needs to be able to survive and thrive and, and be happy. So if well, one I've of got those my things... request out there for a Twin Flame for sure. And I actually love the infinity idea because, you know, I don't want somebody that, you know, they're, they're your be all end all. I've got mm -hmm. a mission and a job here to do. But, yeah. you know, to be able to come back to each other and then share each other. Um, you know each other and then each other's accomplishment we then actually advocate and enhance each other uh, with the work that we're doing so I think it's um, I think it's a beautiful thing when you find that right flame yeah and also like we're saying about having lots of soulmates I I don't really go into this in the Earth Angel series because it would get really complicated right. um, but there are you do have more than one flame right and this fits into the soul fragment idea because, of course, if there's lots of people out there exactly like you, well, chances are there's lots of people out there exactly like your twin flame <laughs> yes. with the same soul. The ch it's just that most people may only find one or two of their twin flames because not all of them are going to be the right gender, the right age, in the right place. Right. You know, so it's just that statistically the chances of bumping into more than a, a couple of them, it's, it's not as high. But you do have more than one. And I think that's another thing is that is releasing the idea of, you know, you have to be with that particular twin flame and that's the only one you're ever going to get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's sort of releasing that and thinking, well, actually, if we're not in the right space right now, we're going to, you know, let go of that and see what happens. Right. And if it's been the other funny thing is, 
yeah, and every time you do get into that space of surrender and letting go, sometimes that's what then enables the relationship anyway. But when people think, oh, if I let go, then we might get back together again, then you've killed it. Yeah. <laughs> because you're putting that expectation on it. You're saying, if I do this, I will get this, rather than saying, I'm going to do this because this is what I need to do for myself. I need to surrender. I need to let go. I need to focus on my own mission. I need to go off and do this. And, you know, just genuinely go off in that direction. And sometimes that's when, you know, you can end up reconnecting. Because it's really important for Twin Flames to be on their mission, to be doing what they came here to do. Yeah, I mean, you can't be on the same page with each other if you're both in a totally different book. So. Yeah, and it's and also, you know, we, we all have our, you know, especially with the old souls who are coming together as Twin Flames, you know, we have a lot of baggage, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about lifetimes back to Atlantis. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, that was that was a lot of lifetimes. That's a lot of emotional stuff. And that's why Emotions 101 is really good because it does actually help you to release and, and remove all the unwanted, unnecessary emotions from your past out of your body. And just as a disclaimer with that one as well, I do say don't do it, the whole thing at once. Yeah. <laughs> because you're likely to go through quite an adjustment period afterwards. Um, I mean, when I, when I wrote the class, I was obviously doing it as I was writing it. And I... I'm kind of impatient sometimes, so I did do the whole thing at once, and I was pretty much out of it for about three days right. Overload, yeah. And I, yeah, because my body was adjusting to releasing all those things I no longer needed. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you do have to do it as a gradual process. We can't just flick the switch, click our fingers, and say, "Right, I'm ready. I'm done. I've released everything. I'm, you know, I'm healed." I'm. And sometimes, yes, we can do things pretty quickly, but it is a process. It is yeah. a journey. It's not about just suddenly everything being perfect, and we can just do all all at once and i you know i can understand the impatience thing because i'm the same but right um, it's about and it's about being gentle with ourselves as well because sometimes things do have to take their course and things have to happen at the right time and you know we're not always ready to take the leap and jump into that big thing straight away you know, and, and it also depends on how many lifetimes we're carrying with us. Because if we, you know, I always say, um, you know, if um, to give your next lifetime a chance, don't leave them with your baggage. Cle- make sure you clean house yeah. before you go. Because yeah. otherwise you're passing those emotions on. And this poor next soul is going to have these emotions through their life and going, but where the hell did this come from? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's. Yeah, and chances are you may not have cleared everything out in your yeah. last lifetime. So you you know you have got a lot of lifetimes to actually clear out, and and yeah, it's amazing every time you do a little bit of work like that that how things shift, how things change, and sometimes the changes then come very very quickly, because you know you've I mean I did a, a meditation last week, <laughs> and within 24 hours of doing that meditation, wow, everything did a 360 turn, and I was just like wow. Yes. <laughs> You know, and part of you can then go into the human side and go, well, why didn't I do that before? <laughs> Again, know, when, I, when you're ready, right? I mean, exactly. back in 94, exactly. I had 172 lifetime pattern removed from me. And it, and exactly. then, you know, afterwards it was, well, I'm no longer that pattern. Who am I? Yes. You know, exactly. uh, and, you know, now it's like being reborn all over again. And that's not something you rush into. You you know, <laughs> you've got to kind of explore and let it go where it needs to go. Um and not rush into things. And apparently somebody is clearing uh, four past lives right now that have raised their head um, from me. And, you know, that's the point, the cellular level, because, you know, yes. however many lifetimes you've had here, something's going to come up that was so deeply hidden. And uh, you've got to be prepared for that. It's not just like, you know, you've used the bleach and it's all clean now. Um, 
you know, <laughs> there's, there's certain different levels and things that are going to trigger those levels to suddenly come up to the forefront. Definitely. And it's just knowing, you know, the tools to use to, you know, I mean, I'm learning new things all the time about different things that work on releasing all of that and healing that. And, um, and sometimes even just bringing things into your awareness can actually release it or heal it. You know, sometimes you don't even have to do anything other than become aware of why there is a particular pattern or why there is a feeling or why why you get triggered by things. I mean, that's that's another thing with the twin flame relationships is that we do come together at different points in our lives to trigger things so that it gets released and healed so that we can move on to the, you know, our next level. So, you know, sometimes you'll come together, you'll trigger a whole bunch of stuff, which will, you know, enable you both to heal things, and then you'll go off on separate paths again, and then you'll come back together at the next point. Um, and it is about, I mean, with, with the Twin Flames, apart from that feeling of being at home, it is about the unconditional love that you, you feel for each other, you know, because you love and support each other in whatever you want to do. And that kind of support and that love is what enables you then to actually go and do your mission. Yes. Because, you know, you would, I mean, I would never want to stop my flame from doing what he wants to do. And he would never want to stop me. And the human part does come in where you're just like, well, I just want to be in a relationship with you. I mean, I have actually said before now, I wish that we weren't awake and we could just enjoy this connection, just be together. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have these missions and we didn't have to go do this stuff. We could just enjoy being in this space and enjoy being in this relationship because it's amazing. But, you know, you can't switch it off. No. <laughs> No, you know, once, once it's been uncovered, that's it. Yeah. And uh, and it's just a question of, as I said, redefining the relationship. And, um, you know, sometimes you may awaken before your human counterpart does. Uh, you can't force them. It's, you know, because you, oh, you've got to wake up. This is so good. But if, if that's their journey, their choice, that's you know, they have to do their thing. Um, you've woken up for a reason to so concentrate on you. And uh, mm -hmm. and if, if it's time for them to wake up, you know, during that same time the same time period they will if not it just may be something that may split you off but you just have to honor your why and you know and explore that right yeah absolutely that's that's why i say you know a lot of people write me emails about their twin flame relationships and and a lot of them are they've met their twin flames and they're not with them anymore and they're in this space of despair um, and that feeling of not belonging and homelessness again and um and I sort of say to them, look, you know, you, my advice every time is bring it back to yourself. Yes. Bring it back, you know, within. What what are you here for? What do you want to do? What do you want to see, experience? You know, what, what did you come here to do? What is, your, what is your purpose? You know, really just bring it back into yourself. Because as soon as your focus is entirely on that other person, you know, you do end up in that space, which is not a great place to be. Yeah. And that, yeah, until you bring it back to yourself and you can love yourself unconditionally. I mean, that's... That's one of the things that comes up in communication 101 actually is, is how do you communicate to yourself and about yourself and you know really we've got to love the bodies that we're in and the people that we are and our personalities and our characters all of it the light the dark the you know the flaws whatever you have to love yourself unconditionally in a in order to be able to complete your mission and inspire other people as well and obviously we're all learning that i mean goodness it's taken me up until the last sort of six months to get to that point of trying to do that. Um, and because, that's quick. Again, and I tell you, you know, you're a millennium. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you guys are learning at a great deal faster. You know, I'm in my sixties and, you know, I was one of these people that didn't belong here. So considered the freak. And so for the older generation, there's a lot more to undo. 
you know we've known this has been tapping on the shoulder for a long time but it's still that embracement of that changing the way we know everything completely we know with the younger generation i just think you're so much more receptive to it because you know those energies have uh, immersed in you in that younger soul and body um so it's um it's six months you know for some people it's six years to em- just to embrace the fact that there are earth angels <laughs> <laughs> well i mean yeah six months is yeah it's been just the whole sort of the the body side of things and mainly because you know health things came up and i thought do you know what if i if i don't completely love this body that i've you know come into for a reason you know this is my body for this lifetime it's the only thing that's going to be with me for the rest of my life yeah exactly um, then you know who else is going to love it that much you know it's and it's about taking care of it and it's about appreciating it and and just having that that love and acceptance of it which so many people don't have and that's what then just creates that scarcity and that lack consciousness because they think they're lacking something they don't think they're beautiful enough they don't think they're skinny enough tall enough whatever you know it's that sort of not enough feeling and it's like actually who i am is exactly perfect for what i came here to do you know whatever your mission or purpose is which you know you get to decide what your mission or purpose is i mean sometimes it depends on where you're from you know like i said with the the you know the elementals here for nature and the angels here to love unconditionally but it's up to us to choose what our actual purpose is so you know whatever body you've come into it's perfect for that purpose exactly you know, it's, it's like that for that reason so, so the most important thing people have really got to understand is that the the human condition is just that it's human and that that is not all and be all of what you are um you know you talk to people about earth angels and then fairies and mermaids and aliens and they've probably got the white jackets out and you know the more the more we open up to the fact that humans are not the be all and the end all you know Mm -hmm. it's just a a vessel in which for you to have this divine experience and it can be an incredible experience and you can be so purposeful if you're willing to open up to what you're here for and allow that guidance to come from all of these mediums um you know you'll be so much more further ahead so first and foremost people have just got to open up their minds and their hearts to the possibility of what is out there and start going then there's no such thing well and also it's just you know just believing in magic you know just believing in the idea that things can be magical and i mean you know children get it you know they can they understand magic and it's just about getting back into that space of you know things can manifest so easily and quickly things can just all fall together you will you can i mean just even the concept of meeting you know the person that you know you fall in love with and get married to have kids with even just that that is magical because i mean the fact of just finding that other person out of like seven billion or whatever yes you know, that you actually feel that way about how incredible is that, you know, and when people talk about the stories of how they meet people, you just like, well, you've got to believe in magic, really, because that is, what were the chances, you know, what were the actual chances of that happening, um, when you look at it from a human perspective, you know, so and if, if you want to look at it from a scientific approach, everything is measurable, I mean, the beauty that we're seeing now is uh, the scientists are recognizing and understanding what the spiritualists are, spiritual people are people that just live in that divine energy and know how to use it purposefully scientists beginning to actually understand that the measure of that spirituality is a mathematical 
energetic equation, a quantum physics. And they're beginning to understand, you know, what that is. So the science and the spiritual world is beginning to merge and have an understanding of each other. And the more they do, they think the more humanity will accept it. We're running out of time, my dear. In fact, we've gone over time, but the conversation was so good, we had to keep on going. <laughs> So we could probably talk for several more hours, we but yeah, could. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we could, and that just means there has to be another show down the road. We have to do a roundtable for sure. Um, yeah, that's so fantastic. How do people get hold of the book and the series? How do people book their uh, programs with you? So, yeah, everything can be reached through my website. So it's michellegordon.co.uk. Okay, so, so that, and you've also got the Earth Angel academy.co.uk as well yeah yeah so that i mean you can also get to the academy through my website as well so everything everything's is, kind on. of linked up from there yeah and um all of the um dates for the tour so obviously coming to america this summer um all of the dates for the tour will be on there as well on a, on a website as well okay and of course you're going to be um coming over to um toronto and yep. and buffalo and um, will you make it down here to Vancouver, BC? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a round trip. So Toronto, Buffalo, then New York City, Sedona, Tucson, Los Angeles, Portland, Seattle, and then Vancouver. Wonderful. Well, when I know when you're going to be where, I know people in all of those places. Make sure that they all know that you're coming and what you're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, the more of us that come together in support of one another and the work that we're individually doing, the more collectively we will have an impact. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's already started, you know, it's already happening. We're just connecting with people so easily um, and finding that, yeah, we, we all have similar missions and purposes because we've all come here for the for the same reasons. So, you know, the quicker that we actually unite and work together for that collective, then, yeah, the quicker things will actually change. And remember, you're not meant to be the whole feast. You're an ingredient. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, love. This has been an absolute delight. Um, as I said, could talk to you forever on this, but we would definitely have <laughs> yeah. to have you back. Um, you know, it's so lovely to see somebody actually dressing fairies. Yes, I see fairies. Um, <laughs> I used to talk with dead people. You know, I've done all of that and uh, yep, still do. Yep. I've got my spirits here. And <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the more that we open up to that and stop being so afraid of it and realize that it's just all beautiful, you know, energy signatures that are here to help us, uh, you know, the more we can get on doing with what we're meant to be doing. And that's making this world a beautiful place. And more, you know, or recognizing it as a beautiful place and becoming beautiful people in it. Which Absolutely. I think more yes. So thank you so much for being with us today and I look forward to having you back again. Yeah, I'd love to come back. That'd be great. Thank you so much. My pleasure, my pleasure. So folks, please open your mind, open your heart and your soul. You know there's something else out there. You know that there's that inner voice of that, that little entity kind of speaking to you, those little things that are happening to you that you don't quite understand. The more you open up to it, heart, soul spirit and mind the more it will come into play and understand help you understand what you're here for and will guide you along your way don't be afraid it's a very beautiful place to be until next time <laughs>